What's going on, everybody? I'm Els. And I'm Lizzie. And welcome or welcome back to Whose Child Are You? We're very happy to have you here this week. And as always, we're going to open up in prayer. So, Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for bringing us all together to listen to Whose Child Are You today. We thank you that you will allow us to speak clearly, Lord God, and you will grant clarity unto the hearers on today. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And our scripture reading or our scripture of the week is coming from Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And I'm reading from the New International Version. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the word of the Lord is already blessed. So before we get into our topic for this week, I have a story for you guys. Well, not really a story, just kind of like a catch up. So um, over the weekend, this past weekend, I saw my internet uncles, Kev on stage and Tony Baker. So if you follow me on Instagram and you saw my pictures and he's like, oh my God, yeah, 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 that. Um, so I went to their comedy show, um, the end of their Ball Brothers tour in London. And um, of course, I love them both. Grew up mostly with Kev on stage and through Kev on stage was introduced to Tony Baker. Um, but Kev on... Um, uh, we first we that wasn't my first time seeing Kevin on stage. I first saw him when I was about eleven or twelve. Um, when they did him and his brother did Harvest Night, um, down in our hometown in Connecticut, and um, seeing like you know them performing there to him like selling out this iconic um theater in London. Uh, it, it was quite, it was like, oh, like I'm proud, I'm proud of my Uncle Kev, proud of my Uncle Kev. Um, but it's just seeing the, the platform that he now has and how God has used him and brought him into these different spaces. It's quite wonderful to witness. Um, and it was just something I thought about while I was at the show. It was, um, one of the jokes he told, um, about how he thinks about Jesus more than other people think about Jesus. And like, he thinks about like every aspect essentially of Jesus's life because he's like, you really got to think about it. Like Jesus had to pee. And in that, um, I was thinking about like how God uses your gifts and like people always say that, you know, comedy has no place in church. Um, you know, the things of God are not things to laugh about. Um, but through that, you never know. He's has, he has this big platform and it's reaching so many people like outside of the, the church community, quote unquote, or the black church community and telling a joke like that can humanize Jesus for, um, for someone who may not have even thought of it, um, thought of him like that. And humanizing Jesus may be the switch that turns for them to actually get to know Jesus and how, and how wonderful he is. And um, the peace that a relationship with him can bring. So, yeah, I did see it. It was a great show. If Kevin Sage ever comes to your city, go see him. Shameless plug. Um, and I know that, you know, God has brought him to a place where he's um, able to uplift other black women. So maybe we'll work with him one day. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. You know, he has his podcast, so maybe we'll be a guest on his podcast. I don't know. You don't know. You'll never know where the Lord going to take you. 
You never know, daughter. You never know. Yeah, but yeah, no. So there's more to that story, and you know, I'll be happy to tell to tell you guys. He did laugh at. He did laugh when I called him my internet uncle. So guys, I'm officially funny now. Like I've made comedians laugh. It's great. <laughs> I'm officially funny, guys. Do you think he was laughing to humor you? Oh my gosh, mom. Why would you say that? Don't ever do that. That's so sad. Oh my gosh. And I saw Mel. I don't think you know who Mel is, but Mel is his sister-in-law. So his wife's sister. So they like they were there. I saw Mel's husband as well. He was the one that actually took my pictures. So it, it was fun. And Josh, which is their photographer. Like, I know everybody. It's like, I know y'all, but y'all don't know me. Anyway, on to our topic of the week. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Why'd you say mm-hmm like that? And on to our topic of the week. Yeah. But anyway, I had a beautiful segue in my head about that. Um, How, you know, oh, yeah, that's how I, there, there was my segue. But it, he, like, him and his wife, in their book, they talk about, like, how church and purity culture has impacted them. And um, women specifically, but his wife specifically talks about how deconstruction, which is on our list of episodes to do, um, has helped them kind of understand the shame that um purity culture can bring and how that can can affect you so even even on that level um just being a a, a, like a spokesperson quote-unquote for um the church kids and how even being a church kid can you know affect how you see the world because he was like "I, i was the judgiest of judgy and i can attest to that i was judgy but anyways moving on our topic of the the week this week is what Ellie's beef with purity culture. Yes, that is the title of today's episode. Ellie's beef with purity culture. I'm so sorry. I have a beef. I have a one big beef with purity culture because in the words of another one of my favorite podcasts, your favorite auntie's podcast, purity culture made the girls weird. Sorry. Purity culture made the girls weird. And I know that my um, religious girlies have no personality statement was quite controversial among the Facebook aunties. Um, I still stand by it, A, and B, purity culture did make the girls weird, and that's why nobody wants to date you, and that's why nobody wants to hang out with you, and you're asking God why you're lonely. It's because you're being weird, babe. Sorry. Anyway, we're not just going off vibes. We actually have done a bit of research (laughs) into purity culture, but mother, what is purity culture? According to Wikipedia, and everything will be linked in the show notes per usual, purity culture is a subculture within Christianity, which emphasizes subjective individual purity, generally associated with female chastity. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes. So if you don't know what purity culture is, to explain it to the best of my ability in like my Gen Z language, purity culture is basically, um, it's a fat, like a, a part of Christianity. Not all Christians do this, but it's a part of Christianity that is, um, basically really emphasizes on not having sex before marriage. Oh, sorry. This might not be for our younger listeners. I mean, I think it, sh- it should be appropriate for everybody, but you know, if this is like something that you're going to wait to discuss with your younger children, then, um, you might want to listen to this in your headphones. But um, yes, so that that's like your trigger warning, your general advisory. But on the note of the advisory, I think for far too long in the quote unquote church or in Christian communities, there's certain things that we have held taboo, which they ain't holding taboo in schools. It's true. 
It's true. And we're busy hiding it, but the enemy is exposing it and and um misconstruing it. Mm. So it's up to you as a parent, as a parent listener, um, if you want your child, children to hear or not hear this. But I think we need to get when I was growing up, talking about sex, talking about puberty, talking about changes in your body, in hormones, yeah. it was, you know, for want of a better word, taboo. It was a no-no. And then you went out other ways to find out about it. Yeah. The wrong way. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's a good point. But, yeah, just want to throw that in there. So um, it's basically saying, you know, not have to, not have, words, Alamara. You shouldn't be having sex before marriage. And I know you're like, Ellie, but what's your beef with that? You shouldn't be having sex before marriage. That's what the Bible says. It um, Purity culture is a whole culture surrounding specifically female like virginity and fem- like a girl not having sex before marriage and uh, my beef with it on the like basic most basic of level is that it's such a um a tool of misogyny to only have this culture specifically dedicated to the virginity and the quote-unquote purity of uh, of women of girls and the actual but, pressure. Uh, let, let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Yeah. Because on on the on the surface level of quote unquote purity culture, we can dive into it and say there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Because it is upholding what the Bible says. The Bible instructs us that we should save ourselves from marriage. We should not be having sex outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that is before marriage. Um, outside of your marriage adultery um yeah thank you (laughs) um and on the surface it's fantastic women and girls we should dress modestly and if anyone knows me and has been around me long enough if your skirt ain't, ain't you know it's way up too high i'll let you know you know she sure will um if your top is down a bit low and you exposing your girlies i'll let you know she sure will um, but I am a strong believer in that we should dress modestly. Um, but when you delve into it, yeah, that's when you can see what is wrong with it. Yeah, and what stands out to me right away that is wrong with it: purity culture, culture. Mm. It's an ideology that's made its way into the church. Mm. And there are so many ideologies that are now, quote unquote, part of the black church or part of the church that are not totally founded on the Bible. Mm. I didn't even think of it that way. Just but yeah, my beef with it personally is that it's it's very it's very much woman targeted. It's very much it gives misogyny. Sorry. Um, sorry not sorry actually it gives misogyny it's very focused on females and seeing the um the detriments that can have towards um sexuality and sensuality and how people like specifically church people just like it it just it doesn't I don't know how to word it right but it basically, I guess it just makes, it makes sex taboo. And then on top of that, it just makes girls weird. I think that's the best way I can put it. Not defending the purity culture. 
but getting away with something is easier for boys than it is for girls when it comes to having sex at a young age. Mm. Um, So I can understand why someone would have come up. We can get into it a bit later um, in the podcast. Someone would have come up for something that seemingly protects young girls from unwanted teenage pregnancies. Uh-huh. I can get that because a boy can't get pregnant. Yeah. It's just impossible. Um, but to target um, female chastity, no, all of us, whether male or female, we should be walking uprightly before the Lord and not having sex outside of marriage. Mm. It's not just a woman thing. Exactly. And pure, I feel like purity culture makes it very much a woman thing. You would never, like, it's very rare. Okay, moving down to the purity balls. It's very rare that you would see, like, a purity ball and it's a mother-son going. Because it's not designed for mother-son. Exactly. It's designed, It's. I feel like purity, like, the because pregnancy is, like, a byproduct of sex and, a, like, pregnancy only shows on one person's body, that's why it's... It's not even, I feel like purity culture, it's not even about keeping yourself for marriage, you know, to honor God. It's keeping yourself for marriage so you don't go out and embarrass the family by being pregnant and 16. It's it's really not, like, if you really think about it, like, you know, it says typically daughters who attend a purity ball make a virginity pledge to remain sexually abstinent until marriage. Fathers who attend a ball um, make a promise to protect their young daughter's purity of mind, body, and soul. Like, and proponents of these events believe that they encourage close and deeply affectionate relationships between fathers and daughters, thereby avoiding the premarital sexual activity that allegedly results when young women seek love through relationships with young men. Uh uh-uh. Is that how you make the buzzer sound? Well, um, th- right there, there's a lot that I disagree with, and I know some of you might already go overseer or what's there to disagree with. Um, first of all, the relationship between fathers and daughters should be already be in place. It shouldn't take a ball, a purity, quote unquote, ball in order to have a father fulfill his role, mm. to love and protect his children and his daughters, especially. And then, um, you know, I grew up in a home um, and here's another transparent moment. But I grew up in a home where um, with both parents my father very loving, very protective. That generation didn't say the words I love you like that, but through their actions. Yeah. Um, but that didn't stop me from going out and pursuing relationships. I think this is a whole nother... A whole, we say this every week. This is a whole nother episode. <laughs> I'm, sister, I ain't going into another episode <laughs> with this one. Um, but no, but relationships are just something that you. I feel like you seek romantic relationships we seek as humans we seek connection with other human beings um whether that be um romantically whether that be through friendships so it's not even that not having two parents in your home a lot like makes you want to go pursue relationships with other people and yes you know having a father around plays a part into how you see yourself and the relationships that you do have i'm not going to disagree with that but just the fact that you're seeking a relationship is not fatherless behavior. And if you're on Twitter, you know that a lot of things that, you know, 
if a guy disagrees with something that a girl a woman is doing especially when it comes to um sexuality they're gonna class it as fatherless behavior like oh she's being a sorry i guess this episode's gonna be strong language she's being a, a gardening tool if you get if you get my drift she's being a gardening <laughs> a good, tool a good way to put it a good way to put it she's being a gardening tool it's giving fatherless behavior like no so but anyway, you know that's a, that's a whole tangent but taking it taking it back to christianity um when we teach about honoring god with our behavior with our lifestyle every part of our life mm. our minds um when we are focused on honoring god we're not going to want to do anything to displease him yeah and that includes premarital sex that's true it's it's true but yeah purity culture in and of it well in in depth of it like looking in depth of it and hearing the um what like the what's the word the trauma i guess of people that come out of it it um it just makes me disagree with the the entire thing so much and i'm not gonna say that the bible doesn't say to have like you know that it's wrong to have sex outside of marriage but just the way that purity culture has gone about trying to uphold that that bylaw that scripture that um what words elamara tonight words are just not wording but how it tries to uphold that it um it just very much i think it harms more than it helps what you gotta understand is um the purity culture is loosely based on biblical a biblical principle. Uh, hold on, flow with me. I'm flowing. It's um, commercialized, no different to Christmas, mm. because it was a whole industry selling books, selling rings, selling other products, right? Mm. Around mm. this quote unquote movement. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, you're talking about the detrimental effect on a lot of the girls that were part of this purity purity culture in the late 90s in the 2000s right mm. um it was more of an uh, an american thing um you know how they have been affected by it and when you look into it it is this purity culture is tying your identity your self esteem yep. your dignity yep into quote unquote sex yeah um that in itself can mess with your mind first of all our identity is in christ that's where our identity should be coming from right yeah um but it also messes with your mindset you begin to think i'm a piece of property yeah um you know um if you start thinking that you're a piece of property, the person who owns you can do whatever they want to do to you. Right? It sets you up to be controlled. It sets you up to be, oh, you're like, not, I don't want to say weaker, but you are you can be more susceptible to abuse, mental yeah. abuse, domestic mental abuse, domestic dom- violence. Exactly. Because, because you, you yourself. Willing, yeah. you, you are willing to, I don't even think the term here is settled, settle for it. Because, you know, we hear that a lot. Mm. Oh, I just settle for that person or whatever. But it uh, um, causes you to accept things that you should not accept. Right. Your husband slaps you. Oh, 
it's my husband. Right. No, you should, he should love you as he loves his own self. Period. He ain't going to slap himself in the face now. I mean, some of these men are a bit crazy. They might. <laughs> But yeah, no, the based just based on like the the general knowledge that we had, uh going back to what I read about um the valve, you know, to protect their body, mind and mind and soul and um avoid it like to oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, to encourage a deeply affectionate relationship. Uh you know, y'all know I I'm, I do a psychology. So I said it's giving it's giving Freud. It's giving Electra complex or Oedipus complex. Could you break that down, please? So the Oedipus, I, Oedipus complex is based off like this Greek tragedy, I think, where basically they like Oedipus is like a child and he doesn't know his parents. And um, his pa- I guess his parents like came back. They left him somewhere. They came back. I'm giving you a very Ellie size version of it. They've came, they've come back. He sees this woman. She's beautiful. They, um, and he's attracted to her basically and um they have do they have sex i don't remember anyway the girl that he sees turns out to be his mother and he kills his father to be with his mother wow and um yeah so he kills his father to be with his mother and there's like a a freud came up with this whole like um complex based on that and saying that you know deep down somewhere you are attracted to your opposite sex parent so going back to so that it, it, it's is, giving the that's the male version of it Oedipus is the male version mm. i believe the female version is electra mm. so um it's giving electra complex i'm sorry the fact that you know in order to keep yourself pure for like for marriage you have to make a vow to your father or make a vow like with your father like it's giving it's giving weird i'm sorry just very weird and again very controlling goes back to being a piece of property god did not call me to be property he called me to be a whole human if he wanted me to be property he would have made me a couch sorry he would have made me a car (laughs) not a woman sorry anyway but i mean you you have to really look into where did this all this purity culture start from you know where is it coming from it's coming from victorian times Mm. um you know it was something that was um and you know i've never read no purity books but i assume most of them are, are written by white and white evangelicals, evangelicals um women um not 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 knocking my white and evangelical sisters at all um but you know written for them by them yes um and we have to understand as um a different race and not bringing the race card in no but i feel like um, it needs to be said because the way purity culture operates in the quote-unquote black church is different because i don't know not one black church that has ever had a purity ball when i hear purity ball and stuff like that and like vows to your father you know what it makes me think of like the duckers on them that's what it makes me think of <laughs> if you don't know about the duggars was it 19, 19 kids, kids and y'all 19? know y'all know about the duggars they've been all up in the news lately because the uh, the older brother was doing messed up stuff to the younger sisters which what ma you didn't know that actually i didn't know you that. did know that that's why they took the show off the air yeah, i did know that and there's a documentary i still have to watch that documentary shiny happy people or something like that anyway so si- getting sidetracked but even in that that's what you think of when you think of like quote-unquote purity culture but best believe if you grew up in a black church purity culture affected you too because it may not have been you know as um formal as you know a ball and having a ceremony and making a vow but 
for us, it could have been the the little sly remarks that the church mothers make, mm-hmm. or or you know the the saying you know you're in a relationship with someone and someone is saying something to you. It's not in that way that purity culture was you know affecting us in the, in the big scale that you'll see the the white woman on TikTok talking about how it's affecting them in that sense. It's very I think it's very nuanced and very different, especially when it comes to uh, black churches and Caribbean churches, uh, you know, as well in in its own specific way. But go ahead, sorry. So I cannot be the angel advocate, angel's advocate here. Not devil's advocate. Um. So the you know what I find very interesting in 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 preparation for this episode is that um, purity culture. You know the the foundation of it, where it's coming from, and how you will notice throughout history that a white woman's purity was always protected. Can I bring Emmett Till to the stand, to the witness stand? Mm. A black man could not look at a white woman and try to um, take away her purity or look at her with a lustful eyes mm. without, you know, in, in those times, um, 50s, 60s, yeah. um, without, you know, the possibility of being lynched. The, the story of Emmett Till, um, you know, he was from a different uh, part of the USA, went down south to visit his family. Mm. And he was very outgoing. And, you know, I I can't, don't quote me. You don't know if he said hello to the lady or what, what it was. I think there are some different accounts. Some say that, I think some say that he whistled. So. That's it. He whistled. And, um, you know, the the white guys of the town or the area it's like who's this little black boy or black kid whistling at a white woman that is against the law you know and that's not really how it went out i believe she i believe she lied i was getting to that oh, okay go ahead Sorry. and you know the the young the young boy was brutally beaten unrecognizably beaten and it killed horrible man um you know and his mother was such a strong woman um you know um but all of this on the back of a lie and it's when the lady whose name i can't remember or the the white lady i can't remember her name Mm. but it's when she was up in her 80s she actually said in not in a gossel it didn't happen and a young black boy lost his life over it over a lie man whereas you look at the flip side from the days of slavery and i've said it before on a different episode you know black slave women could be raped by anybody a black woman could be gang raped by six white men and the white men walk free no it's true so how is their purity protected protected versus how the white woman's purity is protected then we have this whole culture in christianity that we are quote unquote trying to use to um cause a generation to um, hold fast to their integrity when what we should be using is the word of God. Mm. That should always be our foundation and what we come back to. I'm going back to our our scripture of the week, whatsoever things are pure. Yeah. <laughs> you understand what I mean? So that was just me being an um, angel's advocate. They're giving you something to the little, something to extra to think about there. But yeah, no, even protecting and it goes back to that purity culture wasn't made with black people in mind because but what's so okay you know 
again, being an angel's advocate, <coughs> we're all Christian. We're all children of God. What's the difference between a black Christian and a white Christian woman? Mm-hmm. You you say that, but even in the way that you worship God, there there, there is differences when it comes when it comes to race. I think when because purity is a very like very tied to to women and um women being seen as property when like going back into victorian times and stuff like that black people weren't even thought of as people so like do do you get where i'm going with that like black people weren't even thought of going yeah in in getting where you're going is causing me to think over the years of my own biases and my own quote-unquote racism Mm. Um, if I can be racist against a white person, I don't know if that's possible, but no, because the definition of racism it says like you have to have some type of um societal power. I have societal power, my sister. Anyway, based on back to, based go, on your go, go, gender go. and your skin color, babe. Okay, okay, babe. <laughs> anyway, going back to my okay, let's say my own biases. When I was um in my early twenties. I, you know, the way that white people worship, and I'm again, I'm just being transparent. The way that white people worship, it was like, Ugh. and um, how great. Then I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with the way <laughs> they worship because now I'm mature and I understand everyone <laughs> worships God differently. Um, but you know, back then it was about them, you know, for 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 black people, the music, the joyousness, the you know, in our worship. And we had to, we went on a a church trip, uh, I believe it was called um, Churches Together, which was from churches all across London, black, white, and in between. We went to Wales for a week. Sing with me how And you know, stop please. (laughs) And you know, there was days when the black churches did the worship and days when the white church did the worship. And you know, even in that, I was like, I'm not enjoying this version. Everyone lift your hands, it's our God. <laughs> and all will see how great. But now, but now, in being mature, um, maturer, let me say it like that, maturer, because we all can still do with more maturing, right? Um, I understand that we all worship differently. And, you know, back then, when I first got married, my husband... He would listen to, I want to say the guy's name is Matt Redmond or something like that. He would listen to that music and it would drive me nuts. Oh my God, it still drives me nuts. <laughs> drive me nuts. It's like, why are you listening to that? I want can some we, gospel. Kirk, can we know? get some Kirk Franklin, please? You know, but now I can listen to Michael W. Smith and, you know, those quote unquote white Christian artists, as well as I can listen to some um kirk franklin and my son has recently got me into is it called christian drill gospel drill gospel drill <laughs> um you know which is a bit like rapping but is it british is drill's british no i think drill yeah i think drill's very british pop smoke is drill and he was new york so i think um it's kind of crossed the pond as well okay so but you know now i can listen to all, you know all different types of music but back then it was like ooh, ooh. but you know i think god develops us um, into understanding we're all unique and that's the wonderful thing about the kingdom we are all unique yes um but in being unique we have to be careful with uh man-made ideologies which is what i would call purity culture mm. it, no it definitely is a man-made um ideology because i don't think jesus would have had you doing all this because look look at how he um he approached the adulterous woman 
they mm. were gonna, that they were gonna stone. Like who? Let like let cast the first stone. Which I'm one of y'all. Gang got no sin. Cast it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But then you know it makes you. Um, oh gosh, it, that was one. That was another one of Kevin Stage's jokes. He was like, if Jesus had a girlfriend, she'd be real bad about that. Yeah, let he who did I say cast the first stone? So why you ain't stone her? You would you without sin. You without sin. So stone. Anyway, sorry. Jesus did not have a culture. He a culture. A girlfriend. I mean, a girlfriend. I know. That's what he said. But um, you know, going back to this purity culture, it just makes me wonder how many young girls were actually taken advantage of. Um, oh, I wish I could remember the name of um that pastor that literally um formed a cult. Uh, he wasn't even saved, and he became a pastor of his dad's church and he was literally abusing all the girls in the church was that the movie that grandma was telling you yes yes and beating them in the front of the church with a belt and you know I, i think these type of cultures can cause you to have a warped view of christianity Mm. i mean a warped view that um you know from the pulpit i can be telling you that sex outside of marriage is wrong but yet still in my back office i got you in there Mm. doing what I shouldn't be doing no and and it's true and going back to like the the kind of testimonials I can I guess I can say of people that have endured purity culture a lot of them have actually left the faith and they're ex-evangelicals because of what has happened to them what they've witnessed what they've seen how they felt because going back to like your self-esteem being tied to your virginity and I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want the listeners to walk away or uh, turn off this podcast and say that we're saying um, holding fast to your virginity to your marriage is wrong. No, no never saying. I'm not, never we're saying, not saying that. that. That's something that I've instilled in my own daughter that's sitting uh, across from me in the couch right now. Holding fast to your purity and holding fast to your virginity um, is, an, a, I would say, an essential part of being a christian but saying that if someone is to slip and fall who is who are we to judge them exactly um you know you know the the judgment isn't uh for us Uh, dr williams will say we have neither a heaven or a hell to put anyone in yeah um but in instilling the importance of it and the importance of honoring god with our body with our mind Mm with all that we are, that's what's important. And someone out there might be saying, oh, it ain't that deep. Um, You know, that's what we should be doing. But there are so many black Christian churches, organizations, where you go in there and you see generation after generation is unmarried women with five children. Mm. So where, you know, we have... It's like from one side of the scale to the other. It's yeah. There's no happy medium. But the happy medium should be we're honoring God with our bodies. And if I'm honoring God with my body, I'm not going to do anything with my body. It goes back to my body is the temple. Mm. I'm not going to do anything with my body that's displeasing to him. Knowing that sex out of marriage, having that union without the covenant that's what's wrong and i think you need to go like going into i guess soul ties and stuff like that is going to be an episode because going into why like i've always been taught that 
be, the reason God says that is to protect you. Not because he doesn't want you having sex, not because he doesn't want you having fun, essentially. It's because of what can incur. Because I believe um, it's sex is spiritual. And having that, and it binds two people together, whether like, whether you want to believe it or not, um, that, that is what I believe. And so be doing that under the union, under the covenant of marriage, you're protected under that covenant. And when you're going out and you're doing it outside of marriage, you're not protected in a sense where you've made a vow to that person for better or for worse. You know, you know, you're in it with that person and, um, it's very easy when you're not in a covenant to get up and walk away. And um, for a lot of people, they've been abandoned by people that they're spiritually tied and spiritually connected to. And that can cause a whole host of problems. So I'm not saying that you, you know, you know, you should go out and, you know, throw it back for a real one. But <laughs> that was such a weird choice of words. But I'm, it, I'm just saying like the way that they've enforced this especially only on girls it just it really it grinds my gears and it causes people it causes people to to lose hope in Jesus because it, that that part of their Christian walk has been emphasized and pushed it and 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 focused on so much that yeah I'm saving myself for marriage but what for because I can't quote a scripture like I'm going to church and all we're talking about is, you know, saving myself for marriage and just me saving myself for marriage because you know that your son is out there doing it with with the, the local town gardening tool. And um, you're not saying anything to him. You're not saying anything to him, but yet you're coming to me every Sunday and emphasizing that that's what I shouldn't be doing. It's very, very one sided. Um, but going back to what you were saying. It brings back to mind we discussed um, on our bonus episode um, the book by Andrew Love. And in the book, um, you know, it does touch on that, that, you know, as you said, is, is sex is spiritual because um, of the exchange. Yeah. And that's why some women, even though they are tied to somebody and that person has got up and left they never get over it because they're tied to that person. Then they go from one relationship to another relationship. Carrying around. Carrying that around. And they end up carrying around 20 men. And by the time they get married, they need to be delivered. Mm. But and, and that's a whole other episode. Whole other episode. <laughs> anyway, so if you ever see me say that I'm never going to get a purity ring, that this is why. I know that there's some people, um, some even my friends, like my Christian friends, have gotten purity rings, and I, I was always like, uh, I've very been kind of turned off, um, uh, of that, just knowing that it's just where it comes from and the culture that it comes from. Um, I know there's some girls that have gotten rings as like a a promise ring to God, like you know, in this day and age, you get promise ring in relationship. I'm still waiting on my promise ring. But um, you get promise rings in relationships and some people have bought, you know, Pandora rings and rings as you know, like I'm in a covenant relationship with God, which I think is quite beautiful. But a purity ring you will never see from from this girl right here. Now, um, you know, trying to really salvage because I always look for the good in everything. Right. Mm. Um, trying to salvage something from the quote unquote purity culture. But I would never enforce the purity culture on my children on anybody. Um, is the fact that we're 
if we look at it as we're saving ourselves for God, and then whoever God sends to us, that's who we will give ourselves to yeah. after the covenant has been made. Mm. And I think if we look at it like that, rather than being wrapped up in this, you know, you know, this commercialization mm. of Christianity. Yeah. Um, and sometimes is is as hard as it is, you've got to look at it and call it what it is. Yeah. It's a money making business. It's true because the books, the rings, they all cost the money. Dresses, the dresses, balls, yeah. all, all it Because you know you gotta you gotta, you gotta buy the specific dress. Like there was purity dresses for the purity ball. So it's not like oh, you go wow. to Burlington and get, you know, get a nice dress and that. Right. You, know? you have to go get go to the people to get one for it. Um I'm to- I'm totally f- and understand me when I say this, I'm totally for keeping your purity. Totally for it but not in the purity culture because I think the purity culture puts chains on people. It does. It does. And it, and it shackles people. So you, we're going to, you need to be, sometimes you're going to have to be delivered from purity culture. Like you might have to go through deliverance for that, for you to understand. Cause like I said, people have walked away from, from God and because you know, of this. That, that is the sad thing that people have fallen away from the faith because of this. Because um, that's how they view God as someone that is just waiting for them to mess up when it comes to sex in particular. And then when they get married, they can't enjoy it. They can't enjoy sex because of how much it's been like instilled in them that it's horrible. And then there, in one of the things that we read, it said that um, it was a, a good Christian girl saved her virginity, not out of obedience to God, but as a special gift for her husband on her wedding night. In gratitude for this gift, she would be promised a perfect sex life and her husband who never strayed as long as she was putting out. Her dignity was earned through her chastity and lost through her lack thereof. And I was like that it's it's true because people a lot a lot of people, especially um people that fall into purity culture a lot of those families just kind of go to church as a um as a habit as a recitation there isn't really a relationship with god there isn't really devotion in the home where a person can be strong enough to see in the bible that god has caused you to have autonomy um so i think when people fall into that and mixing that into this culture of relationships and then going to school and, and you, it's just a mismatch of everything which causes you to kind of make your own ideology in your mind which then it's like okay so I have to keep myself pure but I do really like this guy so okay if we get married me and this guy as soon as I turn 18 then you know well we're gonna be good forever because I've kept myself I've kept myself pure and now okay I love this guy at 18 years old we're gonna get married we're gonna have like five three and a have kids and life is going to be perfect and because they've put themselves in this box based off the mismatch or the the conglomeration of all these different ideologies and all these different cultures they're 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 not bored they're now bored they can't discuss nothing with nobody they they're they're shackled in their mind they can't make friends so i mean I feel like I'm a bit all over the place because I, you know, I just have I just have this big beef with the whole culture. And I want I want my ones with purity culture and the whoever's decided that this was a thing. But I mean, yeah, it you're it doesn't come from your worth does not is not tied to to your chastity 
for your purity in that but, sense. you know saying all of that again i don't want this to be misconstrued or misunderstood at all sex outside of marriage is wrong for any christian mm. whether male or female I, and i will say that again sex outside of marriage is wrong um because of the things that come with it um you know i've seen as a pastor young people have sex outside of marriage and then try to cover the sin as i've said it before that's why you as you're saying you have 18 year olds that get married and by the time they're 21 they're divorced and their life has totally fallen apart mm. um i think as parents and you know the responsibility comes back to the parents because god has given us children as gifts um you treasure gifts um you treat gifts right it's very important that we set the right example for our children um and in setting the right example you know for them letting them know what is right and what is wrong yeah. um god has given us feelings cause us to be attracted to the opposite sex but there is going back to solomon there's a time and a season for everything and there's a time when you have to wait taking you back to episode number five but there's a time when you have to wait mm. until you are mature enough to handle that. And a lot of the times it's not said that when you have sex before you're mature enough to have sex, it will mess with you. Mm, it will. It I've will seen mess it. with you. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, you know, and I, I think purity culture came about because people didn't actually want to discuss what sex is. Yep. And you're right. And you're right. There was no open lines of communication. No. And as I as I said at the beginning of the episode, we've spent so much time trying to hide things mm. that we've hidden it so well that our children now go out trying to seek it and end up looking for love in the wrong places, mm. looking for answers in the wrong places. And then they're pl placed in a position where they can be taken advantage of to be abused and misused. Yep. Yep. So... It, your purity is important and uh, there was even a point that I meant to make the purity culture kind of takes away from that Jesus can make you pure whether or not you have done something outside of marriage whether or not you have lost your virginity, virginity before you got married it made it seem like you know if you did that that was the ultimate sin like you are too far gone Jesus can't reach you and a lot of people have said that if they they were to do that they felt that way that like it would be honoring god like i i can't i can't go back and it takes away from the power of god it takes away from the you know the ultimate sacrifice that jesus did make uh, and it take it takes away from who god is because you have made this this thing this idea you have made it god you have made it god mm. so i mean again let me say again sex outside of marriage is wrong is wrong um but if you have fallen the god that we serve is able to forgive and restore as long as you repent and turn that's the key you know a lot of times we want to sin presumptuously oh i'll sleep with that guy and i'll ask god for forgiveness when i'm done don't oh. work like that oh. don't work like that and um you know that's where i'm saying it's two different ends of the spectrum and the only thing that we, if we go back to simply honouring God, we wouldn't be at either end. Yep. Nah, it's true. It's true. But I think it's, the episode I feel like has come to a natural end. Yes, it has. I was about to say, I think that's, 
are going to be it for this evening, this afternoon, this morning, this midday, whatever time you're listening to this. Why do you do that every episode? (laughs) (laughs) Because we're all in different time zones. I'm so excited that we have listeners all over the world. Yeah, no. In Kenya, Mozambique, Canada, St. Lucia, Barbados. Of course, the UK and USA. But, you know, reaching people in these different countries, it's like, wow. Yeah, it really is crazy. So thank you guys so much for listening. And every week we get like new messages like, oh, I've loved this episode. or This episode made me think. Or, you know, you guys really, God has really ministered to me through this episode. So I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you guys are enjoying the episode. I enjoy making it. I do enjoy making it. I do. It. I love the discussions. I really do love the discussions. And I think a lot of times... The things that we say on whose child are you are not said in other places. Yeah. Um, so, again, listeners, it's a great outlet for you if you have any questions for uh, Mother Dearest, a.k.a. me. Um, you know, please send them in. I would love um, to advise you, groom you and grow you in the things of God. Um, but not only that, I, I think the conversations are open and honest. We're transparent. And this is what is needed in the kingdom of God. I mean, this is how things like the purity culture come about because we don't talk about things. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, true. We talk about everything. Yeah, we do talk about everything. But yeah, so if you want to talk to us, you can at whosechildareyou at gmail.com. There you go. You can also find us on TikTok and on Instagram at whosechildareyou. If you want to follow my personal page or mom's personal page, they are in. They are linked in the Instagram bio of whosechildareyou. Um. I think that's that's everything. Remember to rate and review us. Five stars on Spotify. You can't leave a word review, but you can head over to Apple Podcasts if you got an iPhone and leave it there or head over to Audible or head over to Google Podcasts. Wherever you're listening to, I promise there's a way for you to leave a review. So leave a review. Let us know how much you love us so the algorithm can see how much you love us so we can find more people that are going to love us. <laughs> but yeah thank you guys so much for listening i really do appreciate it um more ideas are in the work i know some people have been asking for the visuals the visuals the visuals we're working are coming on it big. we're working on it the visuals are coming i can't tell you when and i can't tell you how well you can figure out how with the camera but the visuals <laughs> the visuals are coming so um Keep your eyes peeled for that. And of course, when those come, please feel free to share with those who don't use um, the streaming platforms. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to how we're going to grow. And um, I don't know, did because we've re-recorded this like four times because the way we recorded today, it cut us off. But I know I mentioned Kev on stage earlier in the episode. So if God would so allow us to, you know, meet again on a business, you know, level, I'm happy to chat, you know, you, you love to uplift black women. So you might want to uplift this black woman podcast, you know, so you, you really never know how where God is going to take you. So I pray that, you know. Maybe whose child are you? Maybe whose child are you can go on tour. Do you know how cool that That would be? be We could go on tour, do live podcasts. Like the the visions that I have are so like so big. It's so great. But yeah, I really look forward to see what God what God has do. Because sometimes I see stuff. I see merch. I see little teacups with my face on them. With our face on them. I do like that idea, especially being in England. And you know, we the national drink is tea. tea. Yeah, you want a cuppa? You want a cuppa? Tea, tea solves everything in England, trust so, me. 
Oh my gosh. But yeah, so I see I see big things, right, Mother Jesus? I see I see big things and we serve a big God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, we're going home. home. May the Lord watch Watch between between you and and thee while while we're absent one from from another. another. Thank Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. God. Good night. God bless. Bye.